Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Here we are. Matthew Show, I want to thank you for joining us on uh, this amazing celebration of Coastal Mississippi. But it is Friday, and on Fridays we have access to our good friend from the TimesPicayuneandNola.com, Jeff Duncan, who's literally coming to us from his car at Saints Training Camp. Jeff, how you doing, my friend? Ricky, good to hear from you. And, uh, hey, it's football season. We're ready to go. Yeah, I know, man. Listen, what's cool, I've been watching for the folks on uh, YouTube and Facebook, the, the picture may come and go because we're actually using his phone, but uh, we got a good we got good sound. So um, first time in a long time, you had all nine players show up. Yeah, you know, and that was a, a good sign. You know what that means, Ricky? That just means everyone's healthy, right? <clears throat> and that that's saying a lot for this team, which – has had a ton of injuries the last couple of years and had a bunch of guys that weren't available for the off-season workout program. Uh, so for everyone to be out there on the field, I think they have one rookie, uh, undrafted rookie, A.J. Johnson, who is not, not working. Otherwise, all the frontline players are working. You know, I went through, uh, <clears throat> I went through uh, Twitter this morning and just pulled up the various videos that were posted from training camp yesterday. And gosh, man, it felt so good to see so many players, so many of our stars out there doing their thing unlimited. Uh, There's a a huge storyline about that, isn't there? Yeah, and look, I think the key is going to be, can they stay healthy? I mean, I think that's always the issue in this league. It's such a violent game. And as players get older, and I think that's a concern for this team. Uh, this roster is one of the oldest in the league. And as we all know, Ricky, you and I can attest, the older you get, the uh, you know the more difficult it is to play in this league. And the Saints have, I think I calculated the other day, uh, 15 players now in their 30s, which sounds young for everyone, but in NFL terms, that's pretty old. And I think only two teams or one other team in the league are – have that many players so can they can they stay uh stay healthy during the season will be a a huge challenge for this team well you guys posted some really good reviews on the last two years this incredible incredible injury train that we were on and how 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 uh, significant it was actually in nfl historic terms and certainly in terms of saints historic terms but you, you forget how violent this game is and how susceptible these players are to injury and how much focus it puts on next up and the depth of the team. But, man, that's the story of the last couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Dennis Allen alluded to it the other day. It's why they just recently signed, of course, three veteran players the day before camp. The biggest name, of course, being Jimmy Graham, but also two offensive linemen, Max Garcia, and also um, uh, Trey Turner from here in New Orleans. 
those those signings were for depth purposes. I mean, they started looking at the roster, uh, realizing they were a little inexperienced in, in their depth at certain positions, and I don't think they felt real comfortable about it. So uh, that's how this league works. I mean, look, the Saints have have had a lot of injuries, but a lot of teams in the league have a lot of injuries. It, it's how you handle them, and uh, you know, I think the Saints realize they've got to do a better job in bolstering their depth. But again, that also back Ricky to you know, the, the salary cap issues they've had the last few years have forced them to let some of their top players leave, and that has hurt their depth. So there's consequences sometimes to how you manage this cap. Well, speaking of Jimmy Graham, big surprise to see that he's coming back. He's 36 years old. If you go back and look at, you know, what he's done since he left the Saints, he hasn't actually set the world on fire. And more recently, you know, he. I was surprised he's still in the league. Is he really a viable death, uh, uh, you know, someone who can take a, a roster spot on this team? Well, I mean, he wasn't even in the league last year, so that's that's how surprising it was. Uh, look, it's a very unusual situation, I'll say that. I think it does make some sense in the regard that he's played here before, he knows the culture, he's going to know the offense, uh, so it'll be a fairly seamless transition for him. But he's going to play a very limited role, a very specialized role. He's not going to be the Jimmy Graham of 2011 that was dunking over goalposts and setting tight end records. Uh, that's not uh, where he's at in his career right now. I think he'll probably have a role as a blocker, also probably as a red zone target. You know, he's still six seven. He's still a physical specimen that can be a, a very quarterback-friendly option in the red zone and on third down. But I don't think he's going to see more than maybe 20, 25 snaps a game. Uh, but that might make sense for him at this stage of his career. And uh, one thing I'll say about him, you know, looking at him on the practice field, he looks like he's in great shape. Uh, he, he's lighter than he has been late in his career. I'm interested to talk to him to find out what his playing weight is. They list him at 265. I'll be shocked if he if he's really 265. But that might be a good thing. You know, at age 30, he turns 37 in November. So. He'll be 37 here soon, uh, and it might be good for him to be lighter. Well, it really does look like he has taken care of his body. Uh, that's that's clear, and even the coach pointed out what you just said, that first of all, he's he's tall, and he has this incredible range when he goes to uh, catch a pass, but he is he is lighter. And can, can you you think he'll still be the sort of uh, the kind of blocking tight end that you would expect to get given the comparison to what he used to be in terms of weight? Well, you know, it's funny. When he came into the league, that was like his major weakness. You know, he's a former basketball player at University of Miami, really didn't know how to block and, and learned that as he got into the NFL. And what I heard is his tryout the other day is he, he knocked a couple of coaches on their tails, he was blocking so physically. So that opened their eyes. I think they were surprised at, at how physical he was and also just what kind of shape he was in. So, look, he's a big name, and people love big names. Now, we'll see, one, what kind of role he has, and two, can he hold up at, at age 36 and 37 uh, in this game? I think that's a big question. Well, listen, uh, <clears throat> it was really interesting to see, again, watching all these videos, and I was watching one in particular and uh, it was the the video was taken from kind of back a little bit. So at first, I didn't really see who the number was. 
and it was it was one of the running backs, and he was going through one of the drills that they do. And my impression was, gosh, that dude is quick, man. He is really quick. And then he comes out of the the, the whatever the what the, the particular thing that they were doing, and he came out just absolutely hauling butt. And I thought, wow, that's one of our young talents. And I got to looking a little bit closer, and it, it was Alvin Kamara. But man, did he look quick! Oh yeah, well that's that's his strength, getting in and out of cuts like that, rare balance, explosiveness. Yes, I mean he he definitely looks good. He's always, I think he's going to have a big year. It's just a matter of what kind of a discipline is he going to get from the league? You know, we saw him yesterday. Uh, he didn't talk to me, but we ran into him actually impromptu, not far from where I'm at, right here in the parking lot. He said he would talk to us on August second. So that leads me to believe something's going to happen uh, from the league office with Alvin Kamara before that. And he's pushing back his media availability to August 2nd. So I expect we're going to hear something pretty soon on that front. You think there's any way that it's going to be less than six games? I, I have no idea, Ricky. It's such a unique situation. Uh, you know, he's he's a, basically a one-time offender, if you will. So first time he's ever had an issue. Uh, but it was a serious, serious issue. And, and the fact that it happened at a league event like the Pro Bowl, I don't think helps his cause. And also how he handled it initially with the local uh, authorities. So I, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I do think there's going to be a lot of conversation between his representation, the Saints, and the league office to try and maybe get – it wouldn't surprise me if they've got some kind of discipline that was uh, maybe uh, – uh, arbitrary uh, uh, go from six games to four games on good behavior if he does a lot of public uh, community work or something like that. We've seen that in the past with some of these other uh, suspensions where you can reduce it uh, if you t take care of business off the field. And I think that's a possibility considering it is his first offense. So, you know, as you pointed out, you've got a lot of players coming back from surgery. I mean, uh, you know, so, some rookies, you've got some of our best players from last year. Um, but, uh, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, they're, they're full steam and they got to stay healthy. But what do you observe in those players that had, had off-season surgery? Well, everybody looks really good. And this is the time of year when you do look good. That's the thing. I mean, it's, it's really hard. Uh, and, I, and I put this in, in our notes yesterday. I mean, they're basically running around in, in jerseys and helmets right now. As Camp Jordan told us yesterday, I mean, this isn't football. Football will start to put the pads on. Right now, you, they're going through the first initial rounds of installation of the offense and defense. So this is like the base packages. They've already been through it before in off-season workouts. This is a repetition starting at ground zero of the playbook, and it will continue to increase. They'll get to third down in the next you know week or so. They'll get to specialized situations like goal line and red zone work uh, but it starts anew on a day like yesterday and again today and they'll just continue to layer in the installation but they're not getting physical right now so it's really impossible to get any kind of evaluation on say trevor pinning who's coming off of a foot surgery because he's he's not engaging in contact so hey, oh. hey when we come back we'll uh, we'll continue our conversation with jeff duncan we'll see you right after this
listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. We have my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And I don't know, there's just something special about training camp. We feel the same way every year, but this year is different. It just feels different to me. Maybe you feel, Jeff, maybe this is the feeling you have every year that it just feels different because there's still, you know, reasons for hope and. And you know anticipation and all the things that that training camp brings, but is this year different to you? A little, in fact, the fact that you have a, a quarterback here now, you know, that established like Derek Carr, I think gives you a lot more optimism. Uh, this is a quarterback-driven league. It's very difficult to win if you don't have a very good one, and I think the Saints have found that out the last couple of years in the transition from Drew Brees. Uh, so yeah, there's some confidence out here. I mean, I think. My weekend column, Ricky, is going to be about that exact point. I mean, if you walk around this facility, talk to the players and coaches, uh, they're very confident. Uh, they they really believe this is a playoff team. Of course, they felt that way a year ago, and, and it didn't turn out that way. So I think it's really interesting in the fact that here on Airline Drive, uh, the Saints feel like they're being overlooked. They're flying under the radar. They're extremely confident in, in their team. And yet outside this building, if you go around the league, talk to people or look at some of the analysis, uh, not the same feeling. So someone's going to be wrong. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, listen, um, it was interesting watching some of those videos of Derek Carr yesterday. Uh, You've said this on past shows that this this offense fits him really well and that he went to school on the offense really early on. He comes in the training camp knowing the offense. What was also interesting is watching him, his interaction with, with, with uh, receivers. I, one in particular where the receiver didn't run the route the way he wanted it to be run and the receiver came back and he coached the receiver and they actually ran it all over again just to get that receiver to do it correctly. But he seems to be a really good leader leader in that way yeah it's it's part of the process right now he's he's basically trying to get on the same page with the rest of the offensive playmakers and that's going to be a big part of these next few weeks i've noticed i noted this before ricky i mean there were a lot of offensive starters that were among the walking wounded this offseason you mentioned trevor pinning uh you know Taysom hill wasn't here for much of the offseason, Mike Thomas wasn't on the field in the offseason. There's just a number of Rashid Shaheed missed some time. So this offense needs to get on the same page with this new quarterback. So really every rep is important for them to synchronize and, uh, you know, get on the same page. Because uh, once they hit the ground running in September, uh, you know, there's going to be no margin for error in that regard. Uh, so there's a lot of work to do. And I think the offensive side of the ball is where, most of the eyes and focus are going to be during this training camp. Hey, listen, last week you mentioned quarterback, the the new uh, documentary series. 
and I watched it, and you and I exchanged a few notes back and forth, and it was it was terrific, man. I mean, it was really exceptionally well done. Of course, as we as you mentioned last week, Peyton Manning is the executive producer. His company is the one who did it. But you know, when you when you really zero in on Patrick Mahone and you understand. That he's, he's not just a great talent, but he's an unbelievable leader on and off the field. And then when you really zero in on this training facility that he goes to during the week and the work and prep that he's doing physically during the season, man, that was incredible to see. That just shows you it is a quarterback-driven league. You see why he is by far the number one quarterback in the league. But that's the competition, isn't it, my friend? Yeah, that's that's the level of commitment it takes at that position, especially in the league. I mean, I, I got a firsthand look at that when I wrote the Peyton and Breeze book and saw all the work that Drew Breeze puts in. I mean, it was insane. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, he's at the facility late into the hours. And, you know, the amount of work that those guys put in, uh, you know, Sean Payton used to always say his quarterback has to be one of the five smartest players on the roster and one of the five hardest working, if not the hardest working player on the roster, because everyone's looking at that position. Uh, the comparison he always made is, you know, that's the pilot on the plane and we're all everyone in the organization's getting on the flight and he either lands it safely or he flies it to the side of a mountain. That's how important that position is. And I think that series you're talking about really does a good job of illustrating that. It really does. And if people will remember, this is when. Mahomes last season when Mahomes got the high ankle sprain and because he was mic'd up, you get a real good understanding of how tenuous that moment was and how determined he was to go back in. He knew what it was. It was extremely painful and he just wanted to go back in. He wanted to lead his team and we saw that. And then of course he goes into the playoff. It gets tweaked again and you get to see all this playing out. But you know, Jeff, in the past when you talked about hard work, When I thought about Drew Brees, the hard work that I was thinking about during the season was that they're studying the films. They're 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 strategically trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, exploit the weaknesses of the other team and developing that game plan, having a great game game plan. And of course, it's all those things. But to see what Patrick Mahomes does. During the it's incredible the 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 physical preparation that he's doing. Yeah, well, you have to do that during the year. I mean, uh, you've got to be able to withstand these injuries and, and keep flexible. I think that's a thing that I know Breeze did a lot of work on was staying flexible to avoid these injuries because you get hit in so many different ways. Your body gets contorted. So flexibility was a huge factor for him, and I saw that in the Patrick Mahomes workout. A lot of it has less to do with strength training than it does just you know conditioning and flexibility being able to throw off platform like he does. I mean, that's not by accident. You know, he's the son of a major league pitcher. Uh, so he talks a lot about how it's very similar. Some of the passes he makes to the shortstop that he used to play in baseball. And Drew Brees used to talk about that. Drew Brees was a great baseball player, uh, a great tennis player. And he said all of those same skill sets that he used in those sports applied to playing quarterback in the NFL, and you see it with Patrick Mahomes. You, you really do. And then you see it's all, of, all of the working out that he does – 
plays to, as you pointed out, plays to the ability to be able to throw the ball from almost any kind of position. And if you th- do think about a shortstop, which he played and he was also very good at that you've, you've helped us understand before, but um, he plays quarterback like a shortstop and his ability to thread the needle like a shortstop has to do from from you know, coming off the ground and in the wildest positions to be able to th- you know thread that needle to first base or wherever he's throwing the ball to. Patrick Mahomes is a unique a unique uh, talent. And so coming back to, to Derek uh, Carr, do you see him doing, you know, is, is, does he have that same kind of preparation and commitment and dogged determination, all that stuff that we saw in that quarterback series. Does he have all that? No, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to have at the NFL. I think that's more of the standard uh, than anything else. I mean, at that position, uh, it is, is required. It's, it's a seven day a week job during the season. And look, Patrick Mahomes is a rare, rare talent. I mean, you know, Sean Payton, when he evaluated him in 2017, uh, you know, they were, he was the number one player on their entire draft board, and he was the highest-graded quarterback Sean Payton had ever graded. Uh, you know, the Saints were very high on him. I've talked to you about that. I mean, I've written about that. They were going to select him in the draft, either he or Marshawn Lattimore, and the Chiefs knew about that, traded up with the Bills right before the Saints and took him, and the rest is history, or else be a different storyline in New Orleans with Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes sitting behind him. I don't know what would happen in that situation. It would have been fascinating to see it play out here because they were extremely, extremely high on Patrick Mahomes. One pick away from Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. That would have been so, so dynamic to watch. So, Jeff, you look at you look at the season, and one of the things that are the upcoming season, one, and then, of course, the start of training camp, you pointed this out before. You used to have, you know, on the opening training camp, you'd have a bunch of media there and people would be very engaged. But I bet there are media stepping on top of each other today. Yeah, it's the largest media contingent I've ever seen. I was talking to the Saints PR staff about it yesterday. I think they've got uh, over 100 people credentialed. There was probably over 50 media reps out here yesterday and will be early on in training camp. You know, LSU hasn't opened camp yet. So that's part of it. Everyone's coming here uh, to get footage and get coverage uh, before they get really spread thin with with college coverage next week. Uh, but it is an indicator of the popularity of the NFL, the New Orleans Saints. I can remember I was talking about the Bear practice yesterday. He said when they were in lacrosse, there might be five reporters there on a given day. Uh, it's changed dramatically. The, the NFL is so popular right now. And we see it out here every day with the New Orleans Saints. Hey, by the way, at the end of the end of the practice uh, yesterday, and it'd be two days ago when this actually runs, Marshawn Lattimore uh, challenged the head coach to join them. And at the end of the end of the session, did you see that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were all laughing about it. Uh, it did sound. That's one thing I would say that I've noticed early on is he's got a little more confidence about him. I think that's intentional. Uh, I think he feels more confident in, in his skin and his second year as head coach. I think that's a good thing for Dennis Allen. Uh, it's a big year for him. They, they need to win. There's a lot of things lined up for them. The division is down in transition. Uh, they play one of the easiest schedules in the league. He's got his quarterback handpicked here. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why this should be a good year. 
And I think Dennis Allen's feeling very confident about things. Jeff Duncan from Nolan.com and the Times Picayune. Thank you for coming to us from training camp in your car. The, the connection's been great, by the way. When <laughs> we come back, we'll be joined by Dorothy Wilson from Gulf Coast Women Magazine. We'll see you after this. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.